Welcome to the Talent Rebelcast. My name is Elin Bailey, and along with me is my co-host, Tracy Parsons. Tracy and I have been getting together for what seems like forever now to, well, chit-chat about talent. One day after a few too many cocktails, we thought, what the heck, let's press record, and that's how we got here. We hope you'll listen in and find this a little bit fun, interesting, and just the teeniest bit inspiring. So without further ado, let's get this party started. Hello. Good morning, Tracy. How are you today? Good morning, Lynn. I'm good. I'm good. It's busy right now, but I'm good. I'm putting my head above water. I'm keeping it above water. Yeah. Well, you're doing more than that. I mean, if people are following, you're doing some awesome stuff. I mean, let's not (laughs) let's not underplay it. Yeah. But yeah, it is busy out there. I I tell you what what I hear everybody saying. Things are if nothing else, people are wanting to emerge from their dungeons to have conversations. A lot of talking. There's so much talking. You're right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? And I think that's systemic of, of HR tech, really. Like, I think that we, and, and HR and TA and talent, because we're people, people. And we, and there's a lot to talk about right now. Oh, huge amounts to talk about. We're, um, I'm excited. And you're going to share some like new scoop with us, new information and new data. I got, so, I got some tea to spill. I got some tea to spill. I have tea to spill. I am super excited about that because I got to tell you, I'm looking around out there. There was this really great article and I'm not going to get his name right, but the gentleman from the gentleman from Eightfold put out there just yesterday talking about the fact that the, the talent tsunami has now hit us. It's not on its way. And I've been um, working on my own piece lately thinking about um, the fact that for the last at least five years, if not 10, but at least five years, there's been a lot of us out there saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And all signs are, um, it's not coming anymore. It's here. There's a lot to talk about there. I have a really dumb question about this. Yeah. And I know you can answer it, right? This is one of those moments where I'm like, I know somebody who can answer this. Okay. How are we measuring this? How, How do we know it's here? This is a great question. Oh, it's not dumb. Okay, good. Because I thought for sure, well, somebody's going to like, we've got, we haven't. Well, there, a... there are some, there are some key indicators out there, right? I mean, so let's talk about the the things that are impacting the environment today um, that we're seeing as outputs or impacts or results of the fact that tsunami is hit. Okay. So the first is, uh, had that great conversation with the, with the team from AppCast is starting to talk about the fact that applications are down. Yep. Simultaneously, we're watching the news every day and hearing about how people are ready, starting to want to get back to work, that um, people are looking for work, et cetera. But there's some massive disconnect that's obviously happening in the ecosystem, right? So if we look out systemically to the environment, we're seeing companies like McDonald's who are having, having to like give bonuses just to get people to show up for an interview. So we can see in the output and the impact that something's happening in the environment from that that regard. The next thing we can see is, is that I think the leading indicators actually started to come out of um, Asia, and we're now starting to see it in in, um, in, in Western countries in the U.S. as well. Um, the number of drop-offs between um, off um, accept and first day are increasing dramatically. So we're starting to see people who are taking offers getting ready to go. And if they're not on board within the, you know, the next couple of days are shifting and moving off to other companies very quickly and rapidly. The amount of turnover 
that is happening inside companies is starting to bubble up to the top. You know, so I think that there's a lot of indicators that are happening. And when you say who's measuring, I think it's a great question. I think there's a lot of anecdotal insight that's happening. I don't know if there's any like, you know, here are the numbers. And now I'm thinking like, well, this feels like something that the Bureau of Labor Statistics would be tracking, like, so voluntary and involuntary turnover. I think they track that. And maybe that's what we look at. Like, do we look at that as the spike? Are we, you know, are we seeing more voluntary turnover in the next two quarters to say that is the tsunami? And and maybe then we'll see the wave. But I, it was just an interesting thought that I had after I read that, um, that piece I was like, yeah, but how do we know? Like, I know we all feel it and I know it's all like it's it's looming and we kind of see it out there on the horizon and we feel there's this seismic shift happening beneath our feet, which, you know, is the earthquake is the thing that makes the tsunami happen usually. So there's, you know, there are shifts happening. And I, I think that that's a perfect, perfect lead in to what we should talk about today, which is by the time this pod drops, I'll already have released this research with my friends at Pando Logic, and you kind of teased it, Alind. You, you like, we all know something is happening. You yep. know, AppCast is reporting that job applications are down, and we all are seeing that, you know, the news is reporting these things. And I happen to be sitting on and looking at the data that tells us exactly what's happening. Well, so so that was a trick question. Who's measuring it? Tracy's no, measuring it. No, it's, but I don't think this is the right indicator. But it's something. It's giving but us, it is a, it's another bit of insight that's saying something's different. What is it? So, so, so cool. So you've got this research. You worked on it with Panologic. Absolutely. So pan, the team at Panologic, which is fascinating because, well, let me back up two steps. So we did this research and basically there's a billion conversations happening on the internet at any given moment. Right. Yep. So there's software out there that aggregates and indexes all of those conversations that are public. But nobody to date has ever used that software, to my knowledge. And if somebody has used this to my and not to my knowledge, please share. I would love to talk to you and see what you found. But we started sifting through all these conversations to look at the journey, the candidate experience. So so basically, you're using social social sensing sentiment to determine candidate journey. Correct. Interesting. Uh-huh. Ooh, uh-huh. Now I'm super curious. So what is it that you found in there? What's like the aha, the moment where you looked at it and went, what the heck? We're all wrong. Oh, there's so many. This research has caused me to have a complete existential crisis about my job, our industry. Everybody's going to get punched in the face a little bit with this. I would like for you, I would like for you to guess is our conversation happening on the internet among job seekers? And keep in mind that when you do this social listening, when you start indexing these conversations, you have to dig through a lot of garbage to get at the actual sure. candidate conversation, right? So if we're talking about things like the job search and interview and application, there's a lot of includes and excludes that you have to do to get at the candidate conversation. So we're not looking at all the tweets out there about job postings, right? We had to scan all those out, right? We had to get out of all the we're hiring messages to get at what the candidates are talking about. And so the first big aha moment I had was this conversation around the candidate experience is enormous. Really? Okay. This is what's interesting to me. So, so, because when you start talking about taking all those pieces away, I was then wondering, well, how large is this conversation going to be? Because 
how many people are actually talking amongst themselves and with other candidates or with their friends, families or whatever about their candidate experience. And you're telling me a lot. 68 million conversations in the last year were had around the candidate experience, different elements of the candidate experience. 68. Yeah. 68 million conversations happened around the candidate experience. Now I was like, okay, is that big? It feels big, right? Oh, and also those conversations had over a trillion impressions. My goodness. So then I was like, okay, well, let's look at other life events. Other life events, like, I don't know, buying a house. Buying a house, the conversation was, I don't know, 0.2% of the candidate experience conversation. Wow. Right? 0.2, maybe like, you know, 300,000 conversations in the last year. Do you think, now I'm wondering, (laughs) I have have a, a thought on this. Do you think that that is because in a lot of social platforms, people use their social platforms as part of their professional brand presence. And so there's a likelihood to want to discuss what's going on with their their careers and their jobs and et cetera in those platforms. Or is that actually not accurate? That, that people- it's not what we're seeing. It's not what we're seeing. They're using their Twitters and their Reddits and their public Facebook conversations to vent. They have something to say about this experience. Now, when I say the conversation is huge, I was like, okay, well, let's look at something else. If it's way bigger than buying a house, right? What would be comparable? So I was like, let's look at the Olympics, right? That's big, right? That's okay. Right. Let's compare it to something that's also, I would assume, is huge. So the Olympic conversation was, I don't know, 2.3 or 23 million. So if the candidate experience conversation was 68 million, the Olympic conversation in the last year was 23 million. So our conversation was almost three times as large as the conversation happening online about the Olympics, which is insane if you take into context that the Olympics were canceled right. last year. They were rescheduled. They've had a lot of scandals. There was a lot of conversation. So our conversation is almost three times bigger than the Olympic conversation. It's a huge conversation that is happening online outside of the stuff that our industry is pumping out. This is candidates talking right. about things. And we're not listening to it. Oh, no, no, no. So now I'm going to get a little depressing. That okay, was that actually that in and of itself was already a little depressing to me. I immediately thought, uh, although then I had this light of hope and I said, but Tracy's listening to it. Yes, we're and, listening. And now, now we're listening right now. We're now they're now we are finally listening. And the great thing is, is that Pando and I are going to be doing this research every quarter to see how we change. This is super amazing. Uh-huh. This is blow it up. Forget surveys. This no, blows right. out of water. This is real stuff. OK, this so, is legit. Okay. So I'm okay. bracing myself. What's going to depress me? Are you familiar with the term net sentiment? I am. For those of you on the listening in, net sentiment is looking at the percentage of conversation that is negative versus positive. So if it's a high net sentiment, it means that the conversation was very positive. And if it was a low net sentiment, it was mean the conversation is negative. Okay. They remove out all of the neutral 
right? Because again, yeah. these are AI and machine learning that is assigning a positive or negative and as well as in a passion emotion to it, right? So these services are helping us understand is the conversation positive or negative? And is it passionate? On a scale of one to 100, I would like for you to guess of those, and this is, this is you're, there's no right now. You're not gonna, if you get it right, I, you're gonna get a car. So Ooh, cool, I need a car. Okay, let's go. <laughs> We're gonna, you get a car. Okay, okay so one, uh, zero to 100, 68 million. What was, would you assume, the net sentiment of that conversation? Yeah, I, I can use, can I use negative numbers? No, okay. The net sentiment, I'm going to make it 32. So you were a little low. It was 40. <gasps> Ooh, but I was close. Can you I were get, very close. Can I get like a-, a You can get a scooter. On my current car? You get a scooter. Get we're sc- going to get you a little Vespa. You'd be so cute on it. Oh, I don't know. I, I think I might tip over on a Vespa, but okay. <laughs> It's not super positive, but it's also, it's lower than I was hoping. You set me up though for, for thinking I low. I was like, I oh did. my God. That's okay. But that's okay. So that's, that's bad. Now I'm concerned about what's the passion level in that. The passion intensity is 23. It's really low. So if you think about this in context, it's a ginormous conversation that is not all that positive and a huge shoulder shrug. Wait a minute. Let me, let me, I'm probably getting like data geeky here. Isn't that actually good? Aren't you then telling me that they had, they had a negative impression, but their passion about how negative they were was eh. Yes, it is. So it's not, again, it's not super negative. So 40 is not 20, but honestly, you guys, it's a big shoulder shrug from our audience. They're like, I mean, I don't love it. So one of the big takeaways from this research, and this is the stark thing, right? This is the stark thing, the big picture takeaway from this research, the aha moment. Okay, wait, I need a drum roll. Ready? They don't love the experience and they only participate because they have to. No shit. Okay. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) Uh Like, ah, ouch, ouch. But true, right? Okay. I mean, it's not inaccurate, right? Who I mean, who didn't think that was tr- wasn't true? I mean, well, so are, do you think do you think there are people out there who are really thinking that like they're creating such an awesome experience that people are like, in my free time, I'm going to go be a candidate? Here's the thing: some people are now. Now, let me think about this. I think there are some people who are thinking they're that awesome. They're not. Well, so there are three big things came out of this three big outputs for me came out of this research the first one is boy are we not speaking the same language as the candidates this does not surprise me none of this is surprising but it's fascinating to see it in black and white right what's so interesting when you say that is i can tell you the research i did a few years ago looking at what was happening in talent acquisition in relationship to the business and hiring managers, my big output from that was we're not speaking the same language. So if we're not speaking the same language with the people we're serving from the business side or from the hiring manager side, and we're not speaking the same language as the candidates or the individuals who are looking to help place in positions, who are we talking to, each other? Well, we are because I actually went through the exercise of looking at something that we all talk about all the time. Yeah. It, in the listening software, one of the things I went and looked at 
talent networks and talent communities. Do candidates know what that is? Right. This was one of the questions I was asking. Do candidates know what that is? Are they talking about this? And they're inundated with this messaging in the apply flow. Right. Would they see it in the apply flow? Join our talent community. They see it on buttons. They see this information. And frankly, they don't understand what we're talking about. So I did the social listening search and there were 74 converse, 74 no zeros, just seven, four. Like, that's not a percent. It's just seven. No, no, no. Just seven, four uh-huh. conversations in a given month. Uh-huh. You know, so if you roll that up for a year, it's, you know, like 1,200 uh, conversations in a year. And when I went and looked at the stream, it was all of us. It was all of us talking to ourselves about the thing that we care about. So if you look at where we're headed with, candidate experience. We've gotten to this place where we're finally not talking about a funnel anymore. We're really talking about the infinity loop that you've that you've put forward to the universe. We are we are talking about that. Okay. So let's think about this but for a second. They, but let me ask you a question again. Uh-huh. I want to think about that. Because yeah. do they need to be? Like it, I mean I is this is kind of this to me this is one of those um those those stories about something that says listen just because we're aware of what it is that we're doing, do they have to be aware that they're part of that, like where they are in the sausage making? Does it matter? It doesn't, but it does. So yes and no. My message here is that we are overcomplicating something for us that is very simple for them. For them, it's as simple as stay connected. No, for them, it's search, apply, reject, interview, Higher. That's it. There's nothing else. And they do start new jobs. That is true. Okay. Okay. That is so there's no, there's no attract, engage, nurture, advocate. They don't know what the hell we're talking about. And by the way, nowhere in our current infinity loop do we mention rejection, but they're really talking about it. And it's one of those misses from our side that we aren't. This uh, now, see now. Okay. 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 Yes. So, yes, and. You're absolutely correct. I get that they're talking about rejection. That's part of the reason the infinity loop exists in the first place is to eventually change that we are being successful when we change that conversation for them. When they see rejection as not now, but later. Well, but that's the whole point of it. But mm -hmm. not enough people are doing that. And we're not talking about it that way. And we're not following it up, right? If even if we're saying the words, it still feels like, uh, yeah, no, thank you. And it's done. And you're rejected. It's not even making it into our process flows. No. Right. Even if we look at our infinity loop, we're like, OK, oh, I guess everybody gets hired and advocates. And we know that we know that they don't like we know, we know, we know, we know, we know. But until we know, like until it's documented somewhere that says, oh, right, there's a shit ton of people that we're going to reject from our process now. So, again, we are not speaking the same language. We are overcomplicating something that could be a lot simpler. And when I think about this in the context of our current world right now, look, we got a billion trillion things going on anyway. Do we have to keep adding things? We haven't even mastered the basics yet. According to the candidates, the candidates are telling me we have not mastered the basics. Well, no, we have not mastered the basics. We we know that, right? Don't we know that already? Do people? No, apparently we don't. Again. We may know it, but we're not doing anything about it. We're I still not doing anything about it. Yeah, we're, that's we're the problem. Doing, well, and okay, so this goes to, and I think this is where the first part of our conversation, and this is going to link up together. 
Okay. Uh-huh. When we were talking about how do we know it's a talent tsunami, I think the fact that this number of conversations is happening is showing us that it's a talent tsunami. Because I think the essence of a talent tsunami is basically understanding that the power, even the perception of power has completely shifted and the inmates are running the asylum, basically, right? That sounded bad. They're not the inmates. But you know what I'm saying, right? It is no longer about our processes, the data we need to capture, the way we have to drive compliance, the way they don't give a crap. Look, and if you fact, have no hamsters turning the wheel, the wheel does not turn. That's right. And and they figured it out now. And so they're marching around saying, I don't have to do this. I'm not going to apply to your job. I am not going to apply to any job. Okay. You want me, come and find me. Or you want, if I am yeah. going to apply, I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste my time if it's complicated. No. So the other thing, I the, there was two more insights that I wanted to briefly cover and then we can wrap this up because I do have something to say about what you're talking about because there's a lot of talking that happens in our space. A lot of talking. But one of the things I want to hear us talking about more, <laughs> it was a big good one. They don't want a job. They need money. Yeah. Well, who wants it? Exactly. Okay. So, but we forget that all the time, Alin. Like we literally forget that all the time. And we start marketing this like it's a luxury when it's a goddamn utility. You know what? That's so spot on. We've got the guy, right. This is, that's a hard wake up call though, right? Because part of what we do is, particularly in recruitment marketing is, try and articulate our value by telling everybody that we're going to convince everybody that this utility that they have to have is really a luxury. That's basically what, what we say we're doing is we're going to make people want a job so much. Like somehow we are marketing gurus and we're marketing Coca-Cola. And quite frankly, we are trying our damnedest to market ourselves out of the problem. And the problem is, is that when people show up for money, that nobody wants a job, they need money. We have to stop marketing the Benz when the Honda is going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but the challenge here is it's the reason that we're doing that, right? Isn't our, don't you think the reason we're doing that is because like any good corporate citizen or small business citizen, the recruiting team is at the behest of the spreadsheet owners who basically are driving to as pay as little as possible. How do you sell? I'm going to pay you as little as possible. And I want the most from you. You don't. That's my point. My point is, is that in and moving forward, good luck to us, right? <laughs> Literally good luck to us. Of the 68 million conversations, 2% were about dream job. 8% were about quitting. 13%, the largest percent of any, was about dollar dollar bills. So out of every 100 posts about the candidate experience, 13 contained a call out about money. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we'll put up with a lot of shit for the right price. We as marketers in this industry and recruiters in this industry have lost sight of the fact that we have to pay people to show up. So you know we what? have to stop marketing the bands when the Honda's going to do. We haven't lost sight of that. We're we pre- haven't? No. We're pretending we don't know. This is why. (laughs) That might be worse. (laughs) This is why we keep talking about how complicated it's going to be to put the actual salary on the job description or on the job ad. Oh, my company won't let me do that. That's going to be rough. 
I don't know. We shouldn't make it about the salary. We should make it about the the investment that we're going to have in people. Bull crap. We don't put it on there because we know that that's what they're actually going to look at at the bottom line. And no matter what fluff we write all around it or how many benefits we talk about, if that bottom line doesn't meet what they want or need, they're not going to click any further. We know. And that's why we're not doing it. Okay. Well, fun fact. I had the team at Pando want to report what happens when you put money in the job title. Yeah. It converts 12% better. Absolutely. Because people want (laughs) to know. Okay. Right. So the other thing that converts really well is when you put the dang shift information in it, put the shift information in the job title and it converts. Oh, what is it? Let's see. 40% better. Oh my God. 10% better. If yeah. you put immediate need, it converts almost 40% better, yeah. right? So they want to know two things. When am I working? How much are you paying me? This is how, like, we have got to go back to basics, folks. So, and and you know what? If you think about it, and I know we need to, we need to drop on this one. In a little yeah. Bit. Uh-huh. Think about it. That I understand the existential crisis you had now. Because yeah. how many of us, pause for a second, think about the fact that we're going out and rewriting our job descriptions and how much fluff are we putting into the top of them to make them compelling because we think it's about our marketing language. When at the end of the day, it's when and how much and where, 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 where it's going to be big. That did not show up in the research. Yeah, but that's because I think that yeah, look at it next year. Where it's going to show up? Yeah, I will. I will look at it next year because I'm yeah. guessing next quarter remote is going to be huge in the word clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's going to be huge. This research again dropped la- dropped last week at HR.com Inspire. Pando Logic will be rolling out this full research report and with all the charts and graphs on sentiment. And again. Because we don't speak the same language, I was assuming that we were going to be doing 10 different topics that we were going to be researching. It was literally five. Again, they see it so much more simply than we do. And I just think that there's an overall opportunity for us to dial it back, go back to basics, open ourselves up to listening, to understand, not to respond. To understand. Absolutely. Listen to understand. Right. And so the cool thing about this research is that, you now we we now have a piece of research that we can take to our hiring managers and our leaders to say, hey, buddy, this Mm -hmm. is what they need. If you're mad at me that I can't fill roles right now, here's why. They're generally dissatisfied with all the things that we've done, all the things that we've designed for us to accommodate us. They don't want any part of. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care. It's not for us. It's for them because without them, this doesn't work. And we have got to start designing for them. So to bring this whole full circle, I have a moment last week when I was taking a few days off. Oh, she had a moment. I was like, I really think that our industry may be the most shiny object syndrome, unusual shiny object syndrome industry, because every year it's something else. Last year, it was candidate experience. This year, it's internal mobility. A couple of years ago, it was AI. It's always something with our industry. But here's the unfortunate pattern that I've identified within our industry that I'm hoping we can start changing. 
we look at the shiny object. We say, this is the shiny object. I want this shiny object. We go do all the demos for the shiny object. I can't tell you how many demos I've sat through with AI <laughs> conversational bots and, and, you know, oh, candidate sure. experience for all of them, right? We've all sat through the demo. We go through the demo and then we never get it funded. And then two years later, it's still an important component, but we never bought it. And we talk about it like it's yesterday's news. This is a problem. This is why people are irritated. We talk a lot about wanting to change things, but we don't actually do the changing. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. We should stop doing that now, like right now. We, we should stop doing that now, but I think that it's a bigger issue than desire. I, I well, Obviously. <laughs> right? No, I mean, I think that it is the people who need to be making the decisions to move forward are not part of the conversation in the right way. That mm -hmm. sounds, but you know what? I, I was pausing because I almost don't even want to say that. This is not a get a seat at the table thing I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, I think that, I, I have been saying for a while, I think that TA, talent acquisition of all of the forces inside a company, um, and even in, in particularly in HR, has foresight of what's coming and what needs to get done more than any other group. Why? We outside of sales are the only group that has a foot outside of our own walls. We see. We have we we see this conversation that you're talking about. We have yep. this ability to think. We are seeing it come in and we're trying to digest it and figure out how to push it out while at the same time trying to keep everybody happy with the fact that we're managing things like transactions. I mean, I feel like this is a bigger issue than understanding it, seeking to understand, and then doing something about it, we don't know how to do something about it. We are stuck like deers um, in headlights, not knowing how to move forward and thinking somebody else has to give us permission. We, we've yeah. got to figure out how to break that. Completely yeah. agree. It's something that, it's something that's so, so important. Like I'm, I'm always impressed that it feels like we are trying to make the impact that needs to be made, right? To right. make this a better experience for workers and to make this a better experience for employees and candidates. Like, and I know everybody comes at this. Like, I know very few people in our industry who are like, screw them. Hey, they don't want to work because they're lazy. They don't know. No, they, no, I have my dream job. And even I don't want to come to work some days. <laughs> exactly. And you still have to pay me to come, right? Like it's, and I have my dream job. So this is not... It's, it's not a need. It's a, it's a need versus want conversation. And I think that applies to TA as well. Like, I think we want only in the opposite way. I think we want to do the right thing. I'm just not sure we're seeing it as a need or maybe the broader business isn't seeing it as a need. I think this is a topic for a long in-depth conversation because my mind is spinning as you're talking about this, <laughs> um, but I'm thinking about places to go with it. And I think I, I'm a part with saying Yes, I believe everything you just said, and I think you're accurate. I think it is moving from a want to a need. But I also think it is about understanding that it's not about this one. We're, we're so siloed in our thinking. We keep thinking about it as this one transactional experience of look for a job, find a job. That's all we're responsible for. And I think that that's the myth. Things don't evolve and change unless you start understanding that it's part of a larger experience with work. 
right? Yes. That's why that's why we can't move the dial on internal mobility. Because yes. at the end of the day, internal mobility is as much, if not more, about how you um how people experience their career after they say yes to your offer or yes to your dress, right? Okay. Yeah. And we know it's important. We know that if that happened, it would help us and that would be a good thing. But it's not, we still don't see it as our ownership because yeah. we still look at ourselves as that's not the lane I play in. I play in yeah. this. We got to think about those sorts of things. Oh, so yeah. Conversations to be had. Hey, Tracy, have you heard the news? What's the news? So the news is that we've rebranded. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Just so we can have these sorts of conversations, right? I yeah. think that we both had an aha moment where we realized we've been talking about recruitment marketing because that's where we came at this from and, and in our lens as we walked into this. But the more conversations we had, we realized that this is not even just about recruitment marketing. It's not just about recruitment. It's about talent and people and what's happening with talent in, in, in the world today. And so we have rebranded as the Talent Rebel Alliance. And you know what else? We have a website. We totally have a website. We totally have a website. I'm hoping you will come and check it out. Mainly because we're we we're really starting to form a, a mission statement and start talking about what it is our intent is as we go out there. And so not only are we starting to talk about the fact that we're moving past just talking about recruitment and starting to talk about talent in general, you know, Tracy. I'm excited about the fact that we're going out there and really publicly talking about the fact that part of our mission and our drive is about elevating the voices and connecting opportunities um, for, for great women in this field, in this profession, that there are lots of us out there, lots more than are getting their due, their due diligence or due share. We want to use this as a platform to help do that. So I'm excited. Coming up, we're going to start having more regular output. We're going to be part of the Evergreen Network. I know. Yeah. We're going to be part of the Evergreen Network. We are going to um, start having these shows on a regular basis, but we're also going to start including some interviews series. We're going to try that. We are. That. I got to dust also, off my old journalism school training. I know. Exactly. And we're going to start playing around with the idea of um, how do we start to bring really great women in the field together in, in small groups to have really robust conversations to the talent cantina. So Check out our website, see what it is that we're doing, subscribe, join, and get engaged in the conversation. Um, this is going to take all of us um, to make this movement happen. In the meantime, you can reach out to Tracy at T Parsons on the Twitter. You can reach out to me, Adeline Bailey, or you can reach out on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook account at that? the Talent Rebel Alliance. So thank you very much, everybody. Have a fabulous day. Thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed yourself. The Talent Rebel Cast is part of the Talent Rebel Alliance. It's a movement connecting strong, independent, bossy, and well, sometimes feisty women in the talent industry. Together, we're on a mission to grow our ideas, our presence, our value, and our impact. Smart women connecting with smart women to support each other. It's as simple as that. We believe big things happen from simple ideas. If you want to join the Talent Rebel Alliance, Come on over and check out our website at talentrebelalliance.com. We hope to hear from you soon.
how much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.